Hebrews 11, chapter 17 through 19. Thank the Lord that God gave uh, Brother Douglas and Sister Cecilia a safe trip to uh, Arkansas and back. They went out and had some time at Brother Swan's camp meeting. And he said that road was muddy. Water and, and water and mud everywhere. Uh, you haven't traveled till you travel some of them back Arkansas roads. Hallelujah. I remember we had a whole big van full one time pulling a trailer. And look, my, 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 my. All right. Here's what the Scripture says. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, Pay close attention to that word when uh, tried. When he was tried, offered up Isaac. Now you see, that's <laughs> Brother Bobby got on that this morning. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Do you know? Let me, let, me, let me explain something to you that you won't be able to get the politicians nor the news media let you know. That right there is the root of the whole problem with the Muslims and the Arabs. They're upset because the blessing didn't flow through Ishmael. It came through Isaac. That's why they've always had an issue with the Jews, and that's why they have an issue with us as long as we stand behind Israel. Hallelujah. Let's continue reading. He says, That in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting <laughs> that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead from whence also he received him in a figure. Let's pray. Father, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for those that's gathered together in this service. It's good to see those, Lord, who's not been able to be with us for a while. It's good to see uh, some other visitors come in. We pray, God, for those uh, of our family who is not here today. We ask your presence to be with them in every situation that they are in. And now for the next moment, Lord, it's, it's imperative that you speak to this congregation. It's imperative, God, that we leave here with a word from you to guide us and direct us. I ask for your hand of anointing to lay upon me. Don't let me get into my thoughts and my theories and my opinions. Let me preach only thus saith the word of God, because if you know my heart, you know that's my desire. In Jesus' name, let the church say Amen. I want to speak to you this morning for, on a subject titled, When It Comes to Exams of Faith. When It Comes to Exams of Faith. There, have always, there are always those times in our life when it seems... That Satan is getting the best of us. Sometimes it seems like the circumstances that we go through seem to be getting the best of us. I've been there. I feel like everybody here has been there. Sometimes it's a little hard to maintain your faith and trust in God when everything is going against us and we are in the middle of one of the greatest battles of our lives. It is in those times that we need the Lord more than ever. I'm, see, this whole service has flowed together. Sister Kessler led that song, I Need You More. More than yesterday. It's in the times of the battles and the trials and the struggles that we need Him more. It is in those times that our faith and trust of God is put to the test. That's what I meant by the title when it comes to exams 
of faith. This is where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, in our walk with the Lord. It's easy to live for God and trust Him when all is well. But it's not so easy when you feel the weight of the world resting on your shoulders. Hallelujah. But God respects and honors those men and women that even though they feel the weight of the world on their shoulders, even though things are not going the way they wish they would, they still muster up and they do what they know it's right to do. Because sometimes... Sometimes you get put in a place that you don't know what to do. You don't know where to turn. I've been there, but praise God. Let me tell you how I got out of there. Amen. And still, still moving on. During the times of your life when you don't know what to do, you need to muster up and let God give you the strength and do what you know you ought to do. What do you mean? I mean, keep trusting. Keep believing, keep praying, keep worshiping, keep going to the house of God. Hallelujah. I've been, I've been and I've done that when I didn't feel it. But I did it because I knew it was right to do. Hallelujah. Mm. Glory to God. If your life is in the middle of turmoil and the waves of temptation are about to swamp you, look up and put your trust in God for that is the moment that He really put in your faith to the test to see if you pass or fail. Now you got to stay with me to get the gist and the, and under, uh, and the meaning of this message. When it comes to exams of faith, a lot of times when we're feeling these pressures and we're going through these things, we got to understand that He is really putting our faith to the test to see if we are going to pass or fail. That is the moment when you tr- your trust is built. That is the moment that your relationship with God will really show its true depth. That is why I've always said, and you've heard me say it before, and I've heard people say they disagree, and I can't, I, you know, I mean, to, to each his own, but I say this, and I'll stand by it because I believe it. Hallelujah. The trials and the, and the things that I have been through in my life has not made me what I am. The trials and the situations of my life has proved what I am. Hallelujah. The ladies yesterday got told, you are a woman of God. Well, guess what? We are people of God if we're His children. And the junk you go through with ain't what makes you a better Christian. It just proves to, it's the best witness and testimony that you could ever, you can stand up every time there's a testimony and give a long drawn out speech. Amen. That everybody else might get born about. That I don't really do a whole lot about. But when people in the world see you going through literal hell, but you keep a truck in, glory to God, that's the greatest testimony that anybody can ever have. I I know that because I've heard them. I've heard sinners that I work with say, that individual really must have something. That, that person must be real because ain't no way I could be holding on like they're holding on. Hmm. I wonder if they'd be saying it about that person if they was talking negative and say, well, I'm about to ready to throw up my hands and quit. Or, Hello, somebody. Glory to God. Amen. So, these things that we go through, the moment that your relationship, it's the moment that your relationship with God will really show its true depth. It'll prove how much of a relationship with God you really got. Hallelujah. I can remember those school days. (laughs) 
I know it's getting, you know, it's been a long time, but I can still remember some of those school days. Back when I was in school, and when we knew exam day was coming, anxiety, intimidation, and just pure dread were just a few of the negative emotions we always went through because we knew exams was coming up. Hallelujah. But there was one teacher I remember. There was one teacher who could calm us by assuring us that it always give you the pep talk. Don't get bent out of shape about this exam. You've been, if you've been coming to class, if you've been studying, listening to the lesson, doing your work, don't worry about anything. And they would assure us that we had more in us than we realized and it would come out when we needed it. Don't worry about this test. You got more in you than what you realize you got in you. Hmm. If that's true, if that's true in the natural world, what about the spiritual realm? That's why I asked Sister Joy to sing that song a few minutes ago. Hallelujah. Amen. It'll come out if you need it. Let me give you a little illustration. This is a true story, by the way. I wonder, I don't know, some of the older ones, has anybody heard about the Gatorade that was given to enlisted men back in training in World War II? Now, don't, <laughs> don't get confused with Gatorade to drink that you go and buy, because that ain't what I'm talking about when I say Gatorade. Let me tell you the story. Back in World War II, after Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, this country went, went, on, went on alert. And factories, you know, uh, uh, everywhere that, that made, made pots and pans and, and, uh, uh, and, and everything else started making military things. And uh, men across the nation didn't wait to be drafted. They was going by the groves to, to enlist. There was a training camp down in Florida. And the daily training camp for those GIs getting ready included a run through an obstacle course. Hallelujah. You know what? That might be a good way to raise some money that we can pay this property off. We'll put up an obstacle course out here and let everybody pay Everybody pay a good bit of money to see Pastor Pruitt, see if he can make it through that obstacle course. <laughs> Hallelujah. As long as you got the paramedics standing by, it'll be all right. Hallelujah. Well, they had to go through the obstacle course. Some of you, we got military uh, personnel here. Maybe some of you... Uh, went through obstacle courses back when you was in boot camp and, and everything else. But you gotta, you gotta remember, during World War II, things was very intense. And they had, they had to push these men through very quickly and get them out and, and ready to fight. And as they, this one particular camp down in Florida, and like I said, this is a true story. Uh, on the final stretch of the endurance test, the soldiers had to grab a rope and swing across a broad, shallow uh, pond of water. That was almost the f final thing for the obstacle course. And they was in Florida, it was the middle of summertime, and under the blazing hot southern sun, that water looked good and inviting to the men. 
So most of them, instead of putting an effort and trying to get across, got to where they would, when they get out there, they would just, you know, uh, they didn't care. Get down, get a dip in that water. Hey, I'm getting cooled off. And more and more was doing that until... Gunny sergeant and another lieutenant that was around. The lieutenant, matter of fact, according to story read, spoke to the sergeant. I know what these men need. They need a little Gatorade. And they got out down in Florida, and they got an alligator. And they put turned that alligator loose in that pond. <laughs> Brother James. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Don, when them guys got out there and started swinging and they saw, they saw that old alligator sticking that head up, guess what? There wasn't a soldier one that fell in that water. <laughs> Hallelujah. They all seemingly before when they couldn't do it, every one of them made it to the other side. <laughs> That's why they called that store the Help of Gatorade. Well, there's some times because we're going through situations in our lives and the devil's whispering in your ear, you ain't going to get through this. You ain't going to make this. God knows you've got what it takes inside you to make it because he's the one that put it there. Hallelujah. God knows you got what's inside to get through. It's like, it's like the song Sister Kathy back there saying, you got to have a want to. Those soldiers didn't want to cross that pond. They wanted to take a cool dip and get cooled off. They just used an excuse. I can't make it. It's too far. Well, God knows you got what it takes. You can do it. You can win the battle. You can be victorious. So, to get you, help to get you and to help you, sometimes God gives us a little Gatorade. There's an exam of our faith. Mm-hmm. It's not that God don't love you. It's not that God don't care about you. God just knows what you got in you, and he's going to do whatever it takes to get it out because you ain't willing to get it out on your own. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Likewise, our behavior as Christians must sometimes be shaped by the encouragement of the danger of unfavorable circumstances. Look at your neighbor and say, sometimes God's got to encourage you. Hallelujah. And the way he encourages you is giving you some Gatorade. Hallelujah. He knows you can make it. Hallelujah. So, that's what I'm talking about. Amen. He knows. Glory to God. If the Lord didn't permit threatening conditions to come into our life, we'd soon succumb to feelings of self-sufficiency and overconfidence. So now the exam is on. The question is not one of survival, but the question is whether that you're going to pass or fail the exam. Hallelujah. Mm, glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for this message. Hallelujah. Glory. Mm. If you fail, you will abandon the ways of righteousness, turn your back on God, and put everything in your life in jeopardy, or you will face similar trials again down the road until you learn the lesson of faith and trust. What's the old saying is? The one who don't learn 
from, his, from history is doomed to repeat it. If we do not learn from our past failures, then we're going to, some word down the road, going to run smack dead into it again. Hallelujah. The exam is on. Glory. The choice to fail or pass is ours alone. Hallelujah. Amen. Whether or not you make it, church, ain't got nothing to do with the devil. It ain't got nothing to do with your mother-in-law. Hallelujah. I heard something coming from up top. Huh? <laughs> I like what Sister Gina Beecher says yesterday. She says, she says, I think the devil gets, we give him too much credit. Hallelujah. I've heard it from people since we've been in this facility right here. Stand up and they start talking about the devil did this and the devil do that. Hey, you got to understand sometimes life just happens and you got to roll with the punches. Hallelujah. We all have got to learn to play the hand that has dealt us in life. And sometimes when God sees us not doing, making our best effort, you can't fool God. You may fool everybody else, but you cannot fool your God. God knows if you're trying the very best. He knows if you're trying the best. Let's get a little tight right now. He knows if you're trying the best you can to get back here on Sunday night and be in service on Sunday night. He knows whether or not you're trying to do your very best, amen, to be here at Wednesday night or when we have a special service, a revival, amen, or this or that. He, hey, you, we can fool everybody else, but we can't fool God. And if we keep saying, I can't do it, amen, or because of this or do that, you better look out because God's going to start sending the Gatorade your way. Bless the quietness. Hallelujah. The choice to fail or pass the exam is ours alone. Listen to me, church. God will not force our decision one way or another because He wants us to learn and to grow in Him. That it is. There it is. Hallelujah. Lord, give me strength. Help me. Sometimes I pray that prayer. And you know what God replies? He replies, I gave you the Holy Ghost over 35 years ago. And he says, you mean to tell... God says, you mean to tell me you're God, the one who filled you with the Holy Ghost, that I didn't give you enough power when I gave you that to go through? Hallelujah. Oh! People come and say, oh, pastor, I want more God. I want more God. And God says, how can you handle more of me when you're not making full use of what I've already given you of me? Hallelujah. I'm going to give you two things for this message and this word today that the Lord give me, hallelujah, about when it comes time to the exam of faith. Why do we have to struggle? Why do we have to endure certain things? Well, the first thing I want to call your attention to is surrendering to God's perfect will. Surrendering to God's perfect will. Now listen, I'm trying to take this slow because I'm feeling anointing in this and I know that God wants you to get this. One of the necessary re reasons for exams of faith 
is to ascertain the level of knowledge and your rate of progress. When you go to school, every so often you get an exam. They do that to study how much knowledge you receive, and they also do it to check your rate of progress. How are you proceeding along? If you don't think God does that to you, then you better get reacquainted with God because you don't know Him very well. Hallelujah. So one of the necessary reasons for the exams of faith is to ascertain the level of knowledge and also our rate of progress. How much have we grown as much as God says you should have grown by this time? Hallelujah. What did the Apostle Paul tell them? If you're going to get upset with me, with me preaching, let me tell you what Paul said. Paul told a whole church, he said, listen, by this time, he said, you should be teachers your own self. But here he said, I find having to wait my time to go back, amen, and bring the, the foundation of things back to you again. It's time that we move on. We cannot live on Acts 2.38 alone. You will die. And if you live in this age, hallelujah, the mark of the beast will be on your forehead before you know it if you don't get away from Acts 2.38 and make some progress. Hallelujah. When we begin our spiritual journey, we are spiritually illiterate. Hallelujah. When you come to the Lord, you was a spiritual illiterate. You didn't know anything about spiritual things. You may have had a knowledge of church. You may have visited church. But the Bible plainly teaches and lets us know that the things in the Word of God are spiritually discerned. It's something you don't figure out up here. Even after you come to know God, you still can't figure it out up here. When we begin our spiritual journey, we're spiritually illiterate. After the initial encounter with the Spirit and the rush it brings... Some of you might remember that when you first come to God and you had that first in spiritual encounter. Oh, wow. You remember how it was when, man, you felt, you didn't know what it was. Come up, you felt it, man. Glory to God. That's an initial encounter. Hallelujah. And it, it, it brought a rush in your life. You, 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 you felt exhilarated. Amen, man, this, this, this is something else here. But after the initial encounter, listen, after a few days from that, a lot of times we settle down, and what happens after we get off that initial high of coming to God, feeling with His Spirit? Let me tell you what happens. Your flesh goes into shock. Hallelujah. I have to go once a year and sit under a seven-hour uh, first aid class put on by the uh, training by the Red Cross, being a school bus driver, to learn all kind of first aid procedures. And I have to have that card renewed every year, and we... During the course of that time, we go through everything. And, and one, one thing is how to deal with people, deal with shock. When people uh, gets involved and gets hurt or whatever, uh, shock comes upon a lot of people. And it has, it has to be treated, and it has to be treated in the right way because a person can die from shock. Well, here I am, get my first dose of the Holy Ghost, Oh, oh man, I ain't never felt nothing like this. This is, this is great. Hallelujah. But 
Can I preach? So let me hear one other person. Preach, Pastor. Let me hear that. All right. <laughs> Hallelujah, Brother James. I hadn't been there that long, but he, he already knows me, it looks like. Hallelujah. <laughs> After a new convert comes in, and I've, I've seen this by example. Man, I've seen you, they come in, they've, they, they've got that initial, initial rush. Man, they got exuberant. Man, first thing, I mean, I've had new converts worry me to death. Brother Sammy, what can I do? I want, can I do this? Can I do that? I've had, I've, had, I've had new converts, amen, beat me to the church house before I could get there and unlock the doors and cut on the lights. But after a certain time, that initial thing kind of wears off. And then also, they get to noticing a lot of the older saints that have been there for 10, 15, 20 years. And they start scratching their head. Well, maybe I'm doing something that I don't have to be doing because I notice this, this, and that, and that. I felt sure they'd be there. I've had people come up and tell me that. There's one thing bad for new converts, and that's old converts that sit in their ways. Hallelujah. One thing that hurts new converts is the old converts, amen, is done lost their first love, and they've lost the thrill and the power and the things that used to excite them. Before you know it, the new converts fall right in line. Hello! Then, the flesh goes into shock. Why does the flesh go into shock after the initial exuberance of the, of the Holy Ghost. Why does that, that happen? Why? Well, your flesh goes into shock because the new life you have encountered is the beginning to come in conflict with the old self and its carnal ways. Here you are come to God, and all of a sudden you're cutting this off, you're cutting that off, and you're trying to live a different life. Don't tell me your old flesh won't go into shock. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Anybody ever watched uh, that movie, Little House of Horrors, and that, 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 that plant kept hollering, feed me. Well, here you are. Here you are having an encounter with God. You get a rush, and man, it's something that you know, amen, that's excited and it's different, and you've never, but after a little while, Amen. Due to a lot of things, some older saints or whatever it may be, amen, that, that rush will get off. But that, that, the flesh goes in shock. And the flesh starts crying, feed me! What is this? Old flesh says, I always had my happy hour after you got off work. Where's my bud, bud? Hallelujah. How come we ain't riding the camel's back puffing away anymore? Feed me. Old flesh says, you was the center of the show telling all of your raunchy stories and using your cuss words and all, and now you're trying to cut all this stuff off? The flesh says, feed me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the first exam comes of whether or not you're going to listen to that old flesh and feed that old flesh or you're going to stomp him and say, you're going to be under my foot, buddy. I'm a new man. I'm a new woman, Christ Jesus. 
old things have passed away. I'm looking for something new. I want more than just that initial encounter that day because God's got more than that and I know it and I want it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. To be successful in your Christian life, God begins to instruct you in righteousness and learning to submit to his perfect will. Now, what I'm talking about right now is surrendering to God's perfect will. That's why we have the first exam that comes our way, the first exam of faith. We got to be successful in our walk with God so God begins to instruct us in righteousness and learning to submit His perfect will. There's a lot of ways He does it. He does it through your own study of the Word. He does it through your personal prayer life. He does it to the, to the pastor in whom He has um, placed you under, amen, to help instruct you, amen, and have you to grow. But sooner or later, an exam will come to test what you've learned and ascertain your rate of progress. Such as it was with Abraham when God demanded him to lay down Isaac. God had some plans for Abraham, but Abraham had to pass a series of exams before the full blessing come his way. Do you understand what I'm saying? Where would Abraham been if God told Abraham to lay down Isaac, and God said, uh-uh, that can't be, that's, that's, that's my only boy now, look, look, how, look how old I am, you promised me this, uh-oh, uh-oh, God, I waited a long, me and Sarah waited a long time, this is my fulfilled promise, and now you want me to lay it down? Hallelujah. I hear the Spirit of God speaking in my spirit right now to let somebody in here know there's it's some sometime in the past there's some kind of blessing that God blessed you with. It's no denial that the blessing didn't come from God, but you love that blessing now more than you love God. Maybe God blessed you with a good career, a good job making more money than you need. He blessed you. He, he gave you that opportunity. He opened that door for you. But now God says, lay that down. And it might be just like Abraham and Isaac. Maybe God never intended for, uh, you know, like God never intended for God, uh, for Abraham to kill Isaac in the first place. He just wanted to give him a test to see if he was willing. Sometimes God will give you an exam. Are you, do you love me enough to lay down this blessing? It's been a source, a blessing for you for years. God says, lay it down. No, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. God says, uh, you, you need to cut back. You, 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 you put more into that career than you are serving me. I'm not, ask, I'm not asking you to walk completely away from it, but I'm, I'm asking you to uh, see to it that you take some time. Oh, God. Hey, it's the same. There ain't no different than what God asked Abraham to do for Isaac. No different whatsoever. It could be a job. It could be a car. It could be your husband. It could be your wife. It could be your children. Hallelujah. Sometimes... God has to give us an exam to surrender his perfect will. God's got a permissive will, and he's got a perfect will. What you are striving for is his perfect will. You're not striving for what God permits. A lot of times God will permit things, but it's not his perfect will. Give you one example, I've got to move on, but I've got to finish this message. I feel strongly in my spirit that God wants me to finish this this morning. Hallelujah. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but all will come repentance. Amen? Amen? 
So it's God's perfect will for everybody to be saved and nobody to be lost. But guess what? He's going to permit some people to be lost. Why? Because I wasn't willing to pass the exam. I'm going to... Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, most of you can quote this, that you present your body as a living sacrifice. We don't have to kill no animals more like Brother Bob was talking this morning. He said, but I'll, I'll, he says, I want you to give me your bodies. <laughs> Notice that your bodies. You say that about your spirit, man, your bodies. That kind of cuts down all those people who think, Whatever we do to our God don't care about our body, so it don't matter if I, when summertime gets hot, I go out here, amen, mix, uh, mix swimming with everybody else half naked. God, that don't bother God. Okay, go ahead, think that if you want to. God said, I want you to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. God don't never ask nobody to do nothing out of reason. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and what perfect will of God. Lord, I wish I had more time. Hallelujah. Second part, I'm going to go over this briefly. There's another reason why the exams of faith come, and it's to unify our heart. To unify our heart. What in the world do I mean by unify our heart? Let's go to Hosea chapter 10 and verse 2. Their heart, he's talking about the nation of Israel. Their heart is divided. How shall they be, uh, now shall they be found faulty? He shall break down their altars. He shall spoil their images. My, my, my. God says, Israel, you got a divided heart. you got to unify your heart to pass the exam. If you don't, I'm going to start tearing down a lot of this other stuff. You're worshiping over me. So there's another reason for the faith exam in our life. And that is to unify our hearts. Now, I took the time to look up Mr. Webster. And, you know, unify is a word that we already think we pretty well know. And that's true. But according to Mr. Webster, unify means to make or cause to become a single unit. To make or cause to become a a single unit. In other words, your heart can't have any other lovers but Jesus. Hmm. You can't grow in Christ and have a divided heart. You cannot pass the exam of faith that God's going to put in your path if your heart is not unified unless you turn that heart into a single unit. You got to quit dividing that heart. I got to give this thing a little piece. I got to give that thing a little piece. I got to give this one a little piece. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I'm preaching right now. Hallelujah. God says if you're going to pass the test, you got to unify your heart. You got to make it one unit. And all of it, all of it has got to be devoted to me and to me alone. That's what stops so many people from yielding to God. You cannot grow in Christ and have a divided heart. One side leaning towards sin and the world, and the other side sold out to Jesus, and you're in the middle of a tug of uh, war here. One side pulling you one way, another the other way. Hallelujah. One side pulling you towards this and something else pulling you. But folks, as long as that's going on, you're not going to pass the exam that God... And, you, and you're forcing yourself to undergo more exams. 
Listen, you are either sold out for the Lord or you're not. Hallelujah. There's, there's no straddle the fence here. You're sold out to Jesus and His calling and the ministry He wants you to do. I'm, listen, folks, I've, down through my years of pastoring, I've seen so many people that God, I, I've seen it, God through the Spirit has, has given me a, a, a word of wisdom to let me know God wants to use this one person in a great ministry to, that will be a benefit to the church, a benefit to people, hallelujah, and a benefit to their own self. But they, they lived and died, amen, and never stepped into it because they never got their heart unified. They spent their lifetime going from one to the other, something else pulling this way, something else pulling that way. They never could seem to get sold out all the way to Jesus. Hmm. What did Jesus tell the church of Laodicea about being cold or hot? What happened if you could be lukewarm? Hallelujah. Let me read three scriptures, and I'm going to close. Psalms 9 and 1. I will praise thee, O Lord, with part of my heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. Psalm 17 and 3. Thou hast proved my heart. See, that word prove there means to test. See, God's going to give you some exams. He's going to give you some tests. Thou hast proved thine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me. Just like he did Abraham. Thou shalt find nothing. I am purpose that my mouth shall not transfer. David says, don't, don't, don't think about my past and all that stuff I did in the past. Yeah, I messed up big time. David says right here in Psalms 17, he said, um, uh, he said, I've, he said I've learned to unify my heart because God has found David a man after his own heart. Hallelujah. One final scripture, Psalms 26 and 2. Praise the Lord. Sister Debbie, would you go ahead and make your way up to the keyboard, please, ma'am. Hallelujah. Psalms 26 and 2. Examine me. Examine me. O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. O God. There's storm clouds gathering on the horizon. More and more people are receiving the microchips. There's been several companies have their employees microchipped. You say, well, you know, that ain't the market. Sure, that's, no, I understand that ain't right there. But things is getting lined up for it's all going to be in place when that system takes over completely. Hallelujah. Folks, we're going to know in this country, we're going to know some persecution like we've never known. Every one of us here that served God for any length of time, you have had it you have had it easy serving God. We got to get lined up. And we better prepare for the final exam. 
It's coming. It's coming to me. It's coming to you. Uh, there was an incident that happened several years ago before the fall of, of uh, Russia, the Soviet, old Soviet Union. There was a group of people in an underground church, about 40 or 50. They'd gathered one night, and all of a sudden, a soldier came in with a gun that had KJB on his patch. And he says, everybody in here that's really and truly tell me that you're a believer in Jesus Christ, I want you to raise your hand because I'm going to start shooting some tardy off folks. He said, there might be some folks here that's really not up up to par. Maybe you've just been putting on a show. And he says, I'm not interested in you. So if there's anybody here like that, you, he said, you're free to go right now. About half of them ran out the door. This was a true story. And while the rest of them stood there, even at the face of death, taking that exam, they passed because the fellow put up his gun he says, I'm a believer too. He said, even though I'm in the Communist Party, he said, I had to be sure before I went to people who were genuine, there was nobody that would turn me in. So church, the big exam is coming for all of us. We're going to have the exam like Abraham. Are you willing to lay down the Isaac in your life? willing to lay down the Isaac in your life.